And welcome back to another episode of the Hero Ball Podcast. My name is Richard Davison, and I'm here with my two good friends, Elkin Beltry and Ethan Huffman. Now, Elkin, how is it going out there in Pacerland? Um, it's going good. Out here, it's very windy and rainy, just like the forecast of our season when we had a chance to tank, but now we're screwed over for try tanking later on because they're going to change the system of the lottery. But besides that, I'm doing just fine. I'm excited, though, for the podcast. A little little break from Pacerland. And in this podcast, we're bringing our expansion expansion draft. Now, all the rules and all the explanations for this is going to be brought to you by the third member of our team, who's the person behind the idea. Ethan, do you want to not just introduce yourself, but also let us know and tell our viewers what we're going to be discussing today? Yeah, I can do that. Now, so I got this idea when I was playing my lovely game, 2K18, and doing my favorite type of mode, my GM mode, because it's given me good practice for when I eventually step into one of those roles. So you see, my thought was, okay, now I obviously can make myself have the first pick in the draft, and I can pick whoever I want. And how do I go about choosing that player? Because obviously I could play it with like LeBron James or anyone and, you know, make my team best the best it could possibly be. It made me think, if we look at comparable players via 2K ratings and then, you know, factor in real-life statistics, who would you actually pick? So the scenario of this pod is going to be we are – the three of us are owners, and we are walking into a a new team. We have all our supplemental players that we got from the expansion draft, but these other players want to join us in free agency, and it's every individual thing. So this first one's going to be Kevin Love, Blake Griffin, Draymond Green. Those three players want to come to us in free agency, and we go about discussing who we're going to take. So if that, hopefully that's everything clear. The current contracts they have are null. It's going to be they come to our team. They're all getting the same contract, but they're joining us in the team that we have like kind of fielded of a bunch of no names. All right. Sounds good. So why don't we go ahead and jump right into that first one? Kevin Love, Blake Griffin, Draymond Green. They all come knocking, knocking on our door. And can we be like the Seattle Seahawks? I'm sorry, not Seahawks. Can we be Seattle's expansion team, the Sonics? Can we, can we, can we like bring them back into the NBA, guys? I'll definitely be down for I'm that. I'm okay with that. I, as much as I like my new city of Portland, I, I can move a little, little north, I guess. All right. All right, good. So we are the Sonics' uh, new ownership group. And coming to us, Kevin Love, Blake Griffin, Draymond Green. So, guys, uh, let's go ahead and throw this to Ethan first. Who are you picking out of this group? Who who are you? Who do you have preference towards signing? Well, let me see. The reason I'm going to pick this player is because this player has been the best player on his team before, and not like best player as in oh, like second or third. You know, they're both really good. No, this guy has been the best player. The team didn't make the playoffs with him as the best player, but he was the best player on the team, and that's why I go with Kevin Love. He put up incredible statistics in 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 Minnesota. He was, he was the best player on his team by far. When I look at Blake Griffin and Draymond Green, I, I still have to wonder how much of them are system players. You know, Blake Griffin, obviously good at doing what he does, but how much of that was uh, like enabled by Chris Paul. And, you know, frankly, Draymond Green, while maybe being the best defensive player in the league, I, 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 he leaves me wanting on the offensive end. So I go with Kevin Love, a guy who can really ramp up my offense and I don't think will kill me defensively. Did you watch the the finals the past couple of years? What's your point? 
Because um, when I look at Kevin Love, I think he's being played out of position, playing some power forward there. He needs to play center against the Warriors, which LeBron James, Coach LeBron James, has discovered and will do this season. Okay, okay. Well, I don't have Kevin Love as as my pick. Um, I've got Draymond Green. All right, and you you've been throwing some Draymond slander uh, out on the on the pod before, and and right now. Here's 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 my understanding. And I understand where you're coming from. Kevin Love has been the best player on his team, but those teams are terrible in Minnesota. Uh, they're not good. And for me, Draymond Green, he's a phenomenal defensive player, the defensive player of the year and of the year to be. All right, so he's going to be really good this year again. I've talked about my love for his defense, but on offense, you don't have much faith in him. I think that he is you know. With his role in Golden State, he works more as a facilitator, and he has a little bit of a threat to space the floor. He's not the best three-point shooter, but he can he he can shoot a three-point shot. And so for me, as I look at him, all these NBA teams are looking for the next Draymond, the next Draymond. That's been like a consistent theme over the past few years. Why, why don't we just get Draymond? Why don't we just get the original guy and have him be kind of the glue guy to our, to our team? Because if we've got a bunch of nobodies – we're going to be Minnesota 2.0 and just Kevin Love is just a few years older and has his confidence not quite as strong as it was back in Minnesota. Okay. Before I go back to Elkin here, everyone that wants the new Draymond, it has a playoff team already. We need it. We need a guy who can elevate our offense. I have a feeling that those Minnesota teams were slightly just bogged down because their point guard, Ricky Rubio, is just a, not a great clutch player because he can't shoot and they force him into the action. So our, one of our bum point guards is going to be a better shooter. I just have a feeling on that. I'd just rather have Draymond Green facilitating rather than Kevin Love post-ups. And you know, I, I just don't want to go back to that. I'd prefer to have better defense. Uh, and, and we haven't really even talked about Blake Griffin going on. Elkin, what do you think? So, I've been going back and forth because all I had in my head, I won't lie to you guys, is Ethan's voice about Draymond Green and saying, never in my life will I ever take Draymond Green in any type of draft or <laughs> any type of situation. But So, I had a chance. I was looking at, the, at some advanced metrics, all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. Man, for as much as we speak about Draymond, what he brings, Kevin Love – he contributes just as much to his team, if not more. And I know he has a Minnesota history of playing heavy minutes. But if you look at his net rating, he has the same amount as far as he has a plus 10 net rating, same as Draymond. I know Draymond doesn't have as much. Kevin Love is almost in in a lot of the offensive categories. Obviously, he's leaps and bounds. For defense, it's a trade-off. But for what he brings... And I'm saying right now, if I'm doing it, I would probably – I would want Kevin Love. But then Richard over here had me thinking about going to Draymond Green, and I feel like I'm going to – go ahead. Can I, can, I, can I just throw one out? One thing I need to sway Elkins. Hit me. Elkins hit me. Go ahead. Hit so me. If we're not going to be very good this first year, right, we're not going to be great. Yes. Um, everyone who is a fan of Golden State, they probably love Draymond. Everyone who hates Golden State hates Draymond. Fair and enough. And so for me, if if – if I want my fans to be really hype about my team, I'm going to go with someone like Draymond, where they're going to love him. Everyone else is going to hate him, and that's going to make my my fans love him all the more. And so for me, if we're not going to be that good right off the bat because we've got the rest of our bums on our team, I would much rather have someone who's going to uh, you know, 
draw in a crowd because he's doing crazy stuff and because he's out there. And so I'd, I'd much rather have Draymond for that type of situation as well. But then I try to think how effective will he be? Because, I mean, Golden State is kind of like the perfect concoction for him because of the there. they allow him to go ahead, bring the ball up, and he literally has – I think the reason why he gets so many assists, the reason why he can do on defense is because, well, on offense, they spread out the floor for him every single time for assists. And we know that Golden State is one of the few teams – that has not just one or two players running off the screens. They literally have three players running off the screens and their own shooters are setting picks. So I think Golden State's system has made it easier for Draymond to flourish, to be that triple-double machine, to do more. His antics, though, eh, I think we'll be finding ticket sales. I think Kevin Love will bring it. I, and I'm going to tell the truth. I would probably lean towards Kevin Love on this one. As much As much as I see, Richard, your point of view, with Draymond Green and what it brings in the overall package, I'd rather go with that. I know Ethan is probably not one of those like, eh, overwhelmingly like, yeah, Kevin Love, I love him, but I know Ethan is the anyone but Draymond Green bandwagon, and I might have to go. <laughs> it's not even about that though. Like, it's just I just don't think Draymond Green like this is the player we're we're that we're taking on in free agency to be mm-hmm. our best player, and I think Draymond Green is a great third best player. He's probably the best third best player you'll find in the league. But he can't. He can't be my best player because if he's my best player, we're just gonna have a great defense, one great defensive position, and he can't. He can't carry this team. But Kevin Love. Let me finish up. Kevin Love, as much as he never like got him to the playoffs, they had a forty and forty-two record in the West, and the West was still really good, and they had a, a point differential that had them as a playoff team. But they just had such a bad closing ability. So I'm thinking if we get Kevin Love, we'll get that point differential up. We'll, we'll be winning a lot more games. Then we're one player away. If you get Draymond, we're still probably two players away because we need him to be our third best player, not our best player. But then I'm saying the way that we're doing this draft and the other choices we have coming up, couldn't it be conceivable that both whoever we pick, Kevin Love or Draymond, they would be probably the third or fourth best player on the team that we assemble? So then, I mean, it wouldn't be far-fetched to go ahead and grab Draymond Green instead if you really want to focus on defense and building around him, you would want to grab Draymond. Go ahead, Richard. Keep your mind out. And all these, all these player picks, these are all uh, individual and separate from each other. So that oh, doesn't actually apply. Oh, I know. I'm keeping that in mind still. Richard, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So basically, um, we this one where we have Kevin Love, Blake Griffin, Draymond Green, we're picking who we would. And then basically it's a total reset. And then yeah. we – for, for our next one, I don't know if we want to go if we want to begin heading there. Go ahead. Uh, but with our next one, we those are players we would just pick, and we wouldn't have Kevin Love or Draymond Green in that situation. And so, we, what do you want? Do you want to head to our ne- our next one, guys? Yeah. All right, let's do it. So for this one, again, we still got our bums. We don't have Kevin Love, even though y'all put Kevin Love. <laughs> Anyways, so we don't have Kevin Love on our team. We we, we don't have Draymond or Blake Griffin. No one picked poor Blake Griffin. Must be his knees. Anyways, uh, we're gonna have, we're going to Rudy Gobert, Nikolai Jokic, and Hassan Whiteside. So if we are starting our team with a bunch of bums, who's a, who's our pick going to be? Go ahead, Ethan. Since since we have a Miami Heat player on the board, <laughs> so I'm going with Rudy Gobert, the younger version of Hassan Whiteside. <laughs> Um, and the, and this is as, as I, I'm about to realize how I'm going to contradict myself because um, <laughs> this time I'm going with defense and a guy who doesn't particularly make the team mm-hmm. a whole lot better offensively. All right. But here's the reason why. 
Rudy Gobert does the one, the most efficient thing in basketball, which is dunking a basketball. He does that maybe more effectively than anyone else in the league, and that's why I like him. He's going to just catch the ball, and he's going to make the right play. He's going to dunk it or pass it back out. Whereas Hassan, as much as I love him, he's older, and he, he'll throw bad post shots. So um, the reason I don't go with Jokic here is because he is – if we have bums on the um, perimeter – they're going to get to the rim, and Jokic has no chance of stopping anyone. And as much as I love Jokic in the half court, um, I don't think he really helps us helps us enough like in speeding up the offense. I think that's a lot of what the Nuggets just do all, uh, schematically currently. And so what I like is if we're if we're going to be stuck with something that, uh, between a rock and a hard place, I'm going to take the the rock and Rudy Gobert and take the the chance that we are elite defensively versus probably pretty pretty good offensively. So for me. Uh, as I look at this, I threw Hassan Whiteside out there just to make Ethan not pick Hassan Whiteside so that he would betray his fellow Heat, uh, his other Heat friends there with, with that pick. So that, that's why he's there. He's not a, even a consideration for me. For me, I got to go with Jokic because I'm feeling youth. He's 22 compared to Gobert's 25. And for Jokic, the excitement that he brings on offense in the half court, I think... Uh, not only is going to put people in the stands during our when our team's not that good, but I think he's going to make all of our other bums better. He's going to, uh, you know, they're going to have countless backdoor cuts available to them. They're going to have, they're going to be constantly put in great position offensively. And you know what? We're not going to be great defensively. He's not a defensive center, but he brings so much, so much more offensively to you. I mean, the Nuggets were a phenomenal offensive team last year, and a lot of it has to go towards his playmaking ability. And so I really like what he brings and it really would make our team just really unique in having a player like him. Elkin, what do you think? And I think that's why, that's why I'm, I'm leaning more towards Jokic on, on this one, as far as what he can do for you and how he can run the offense. And my biggest worry is, yeah, we got to go over, but like if we're surrounding him with players, what's he going to bring besides Defense and defense is great, and not just and he's not just a defensive player. I mean, if you look at all his stats, he's well above like one of the top percent defensive players. But when I when I look at it though, I want a big man who can affect the floor on both ends somehow. You don't have to have an amazing post game. You don't have to have twenty five points, thirty points every night, but you need to be competent enough. And and of course, Jokic. I mean, he's not the best defender, but kind of like what Richard said, if you get the right pieces, the right amount of role players around him he can make things happen i mean with some of the nuggets uh lineups that they played with jokic he's made stuff happen it hasn't just been that oh let's just put the best players no jokic can make at least other players better as far as creating ball movement once he starts the ball movement he can get others to start moving the ball around but ethan the question i have for you is so if if you have rudy gobert what are you going to do with him on the offensive end what are your plans for him he's going to set a thousand uh screens and he's going to hit 99.9% of those as rolls, and he's going to go try and dunk the ball. He's just going to try and try to keep the ball, getting the ball to the in, interior part of the offense and try to get easy dunks. Um, I think we're going to discover this season, now that um, Hayward is out of the equation and it's going to be a Ricky Rubio-led unit, I think there's going to be – I think Gobert's um, points per game is going to go up quite a bit. I could see him getting close to 20 points per game. I could see him having almost the exact same season that Son Whiteside had last year in terms of counting stats, points, and rebound. Um, and the thing about that is, like, he's he, – unlike Hassan, he's going to be a little bit more efficient because he's not going to be taking uh, bad post-ups. 
Um, basically, he's a, he's a a seventy percent free throw clip away from being a, the, one of the most like efficient players, like kind of like what DeAndre Jordan could have been in his heyday. Just perfect at defense, perfect at screen and roll. Um, he, he's all that away. And the thing, the reason I like Gobert is I think Gobert can be the. You can have a bunch of bums out there, and he's going to anchor your defense. I don't think you surround Jokic with bums necessarily. He's he's the same player because you still got to be able to finish. And I'm not sure our bums are going to be able to finish for him. I, I see where you're going with that. I just, I just think that Jokic brings more creativity to, to creativity to our offense, and I think, uh, you know, with our defense, you know, it's you know, whatever. Uh, I mean, at at this point in time, you're, we're not going to be the best team right away, and so I think going for going for youth in this situation and uh, creativity on offense that that puts me with Jokic. In the interest of being um, 100% transparent, um, the, the Denver Nuggets last year were fourth in offensive rating, trailing only the Rockets, Golden State, and Cleveland Cavaliers. And the Jazz were second in defensive rating, trailing only, only the Golden State Warriors and the San Antonio Spurs. So, like, the, what I'm trying to say with that stat is that we're both, we're kind of splitting splitting hairs here. Like, both these players clearly have a big effect on their offense because it's not like Emmanuel Moutier and Jameer Nelson – playing the point or making Denver's offense go. No, it starts with Jokic getting hidden out with passes and being super efficient in the half court. And it's not like, I mean, while the Jazz have a, a lot of good defensive players as well, like it's all surrounded by Gobert. And totally. that's, that's the point I wanted to make with those two uh, team stats. I agree, I agree. Any any other discussions on on uh, these here before we move on to our next uh, pair? No. Nope. Actually, it's not even a pair here. We got it's another trio. trio. We got a trio. All right, here we go. Our trio of Clay Thompson, Jimmy Butler, and DeMar DeRozan. All of them uh, 90 or 89 uh, for their 2K rating. Let's let's throw this one to Elkin to start off with. Elkin, who you got between those three guys? I was actually trying to figure out, I was like, who do I want to go with? As far as... Because I'm going to tell you the truth. I am, I am someone who really likes... Who really likes Clay Thompson, and and I feel like he's he's a solid player. What he does outside of the Warrior system, what he's able, even though he's never been outside of it, I think he can be your solid light toucher. Anyone who can make sixty points in a handful of dribbles is always a guy's quality. But saying all that, I'm gonna have to go with Jimmy Butler on this one. I've tried, I've tried convincing my way. Besides looking at three point shooting. There's not really anything that I'm just like, wow, Clay Thompson is just head and shoulders over over Jimmy Butler, even DeMar DeRozan. And even, I mean, just looking at their their advanced stats, I mean, I'm just looking at it like oh, Jimmy Butler. The only thing that worries me, though, is that Jimmy Butler is is a player that, I mean, you can't rely on him to take the difficult shots, to take clutch shots. But sometimes I also see him as a player is like he's going to keep shooting and shooting and shooting. That's the only thing. I like Bob. But overall, especially what we could see from Minnesota this year, I think he's a culture changer because of what he's been able to to do. And I'm excited for it, but it was for me, Clay Thompson isn't that far off. And I know I know there might be varying opinions on that. Ethan, where would you go on this one? Well, to stay, you know, in group think, I'm going with Jimmy Butler because he's the best player. He's the best in like if you had to pick one guy out of these ones to get you a bucket, it actually might be DeRozan because of his mid range prowess. But Jimmy Butler is almost as good in the mid range and he can also shoot threes semi respectively. 
Um, he's also a great defender. DeRozan is not a good defender at all. And Klay Thompson is a very good defender. I don't think there's a whole lot of uh, difference in Jimmy Butler and Klay Thompson's defensive abilities, other than that Klay has to guard the best def- uh, perimeter player a lot more than Jimmy because, you know, he could get by throwing a rondo on him last year and, you know, other players in the past. But what makes me choose Jimmy is they're, they're all 27. He has the least amount of minutes played in his career, and that's what, um, what slides me, him higher on my rankings than the other guys. All right, so for one, I am not on board with DeRozan at all. I, he's not even a consideration for me. I think that if your game, if your style of game peaked in the mid-2000s, I don't want you on my team right now. And so DeRozan is not really an option for me. And so really that goes down to Clay Thompson and Jimmy Butler. Now, Clay, he hasn't really had an opportunity to be the best player on his team because he's been stuck in Golden State and he's been fine with his role and who knows if he'll ever leave. But in this situation, we're assuming he does. And I think that he is really someone you could model your, you could surround your offense around. And, you know, he's not, he's, he's a good, he always has to, like you said, Ethan, he has to guard the other team's best wing defender. And because, you know, Curry's not, is not really in, that's not his area. And so Clay has been tasked with that and he can carry an offensive load as well. And so I think he really is someone who could, if you, you know, if you put him in that situation, he could really thrive in that situation. Jimmy Butler, we've seen what he can do. He's great defensively. He's pretty good offensively. I just, I think I would go with Clay just because it's something that I haven't seen yet. And I know that's kind of counterintuitive, but I think that he has a higher ceiling of what he could be. I think we've seen what Jimmy Butler can be. And with him being your best player, you're probably going to at, at best hit that hit that eight seed, maybe the seven seed. And so for me, I think that if you had Clay, if you surrounded him with the right people, obviously we have bums right now, but I think that he's someone who you could center your offense around. And so I think I would go with Clay in this situation over Jimmy, but I think it's close, and I have no, you know, I have no beef with you with picking Jimmy Butler. See, that's the thing, though. Jimmy Butler, and I granted this was in the East. We don't know if when we join the league, if we get like j- just get rid of conferences or not. Well, yeah, being but, that would be unfortunate. <laughs> but if we're in the East, Jimmy Butler with bums can probably get us to the eighth seed because that's what happened last year. <laughs> but if we're yeah. in the West, um, we're probably screwed. But I like the thing well, about maybe Jimmy. maybe we can. Uh, so I was saying maybe we can go from Seattle to like you know Louisville and just go over there or something. Be in the East a little bit. <laughs> well, we don't, don't want to be. We can in make that petition now. But anyway, my, my my point is Jimmy Butler t- can take bums and raise them up. I'm not sure Clay Thompson can do anything other than just make sure Stephen Curry gets one on ones. So. When I look at uh, Clay Thompson, and this is where my hot, hottest of takes for this podcast comes in, if I had to pick a second guy, like, if, I, okay, let's say like we all three were splitting up and I had the second picks and Elkin took Jimmy, you could still have Clay, Richard, because I'm taking DeRozan, a guy who I know can just get buckets on his own, no problem. It's not the most efficient and it's not the most ideal for a championship. But if I'm surrounding him with bums, I want the guy who can take double teams and make it happen. Whereas I don't know if Clay Thompson can dribble through a double team even once. So I just don't trust Clay as an individual score. I want DeRozan if I'm starting a team with bums. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. I, I just, I would go Clay. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. And I mean, one of my things kind of going back to the offense, that was one of the points that I can bring up. I haven't seen much from one-on-one for me. He's, 
and this is no diss to this guy because this guy's in the Hall of Fame, but to me, he's just a bigger and stronger Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller can come off screen, shoot a bunch of threes. He'll lights out, catch on fire. And, of course, Clay's a lot better defender. I'm not saying defensive end, but offensively, that's where he's at. But all you got out of Reggie Miller is he did lead the Pacers to a few conference finals, but we're talking about, I mean, a third-team All-NBA can never really get over the hump. That's why. That's one of the reasons I, I picked Jimmy Butler because – for me, the offensive end, especially what Jimmy can create, that's one of the reasons I put him over the hump for me. But if you're Reggie Miller, you get into the conference finals. I mean, I'll take Reggie Miller 2.0 over Jimmy Butler. That, 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 that's my personal opinion. I'd rather, I'd rather go that route. Yeah, but let's remember, it's a team game. So let's give the Pacers team a well-built, as long as he had enough people setting screens. And the court, I mean, don't get me wrong, conference finals and one final, that's great. But for me, I'm looking at the talent that Jimmy Butler has to offer and kind of what he can do with the other players. Even he, and I know this is mainly Rondo, but even the crappy situation that, that he took last year with the Bulls, and even though they lost Rondo and that messed everything up, like for me, I felt like Jimmy Butler was in the mix of it, so doing stuff. But I'm honestly, for me, it's not that big of a fall, though, from Jimmy Butler to Clay Thompson. I feel like you're not like going like, oh, my goodness, this is possibly one of the worst things. We're, we're losing a lot of talent. No. Clay Thompson is still a very talented player in his own right. Yeah, I think that Ethan just doesn't like the second fiddle uh, Golden State Warriors players. So I, I like their second fiddle now because it's Kevin Durant. Well, there you go. <laughs> I should say second tier. I should say second tier. Anyways, let's go ahead and move on to our our next one here. Um, and this one will be uh, – I'm really excited about this one because we've got my MVP pick for of Kawhi Leonard versus the MVP snub that, that we forgot to mention in Giannis Antetokounmpo. Now, their 2K ratings are a little bit further apart. Kawhi is a 95, and Giannis is a 91. But Giannis has age on his side, and so I wonder what, what that, uh, how that would affect who you guys would pick. What do you think? Well, for me, I'm going Kawhi because um, I like his ability to carry a team individually. Um, I look at him as a guy much more than Giannis, even though Giannis has all the physical tools to develop into this. Um, Giannis still can't shoot, so in the game, I like Kawhi that much more. And then defensively, Kawhi's obviously, like we said, with Draymond, one of the best defenders in the league. Giannis could be there with um, some uh, uh, getting better with his defensive awareness. But um, when it comes down to it, Kawhi is young, young still. He's older, but he's still young, and he's still got probably at least three or four more years of prime. Um, and if like we're going like with a, a general free agent signing, that's that that's what our contract would be about, you know, the four year max. And so I, I'm I'm riding with Kawhi, and I think he has the ability to uh, make all the players around him better. And he's a lot more of a predictable player to play with, whereas Giannis kind of throws passes that you don't expect coming. And I think with a bunch of bums, they'll be too much for him. So I think Kawhi is the pick here, um, and Giannis is is really close, but just not quite there for me. And then I will have to go the opposite way. And I'm right now Kawhi's 26 year old, Giannis is 22. And one of the main reasons is because of development that I see coming as far as the trend that's going to happen. Don't get me wrong. Right now, Kawhi Leonard MVP candidate, Richards MVP for this upcoming season. But for me, I, <laughs> I would rather just go with with Giannis at this point, just building around and. I know we've seen what he does with a fairly decent team in Milwaukee. Who knows how we'll go with a bunch of bums surrounding him? I have no idea. And, I mean, he kind of did have some bums when he first started off. But I think his development to me is what gets me. And I think he has a chance to be 
if we sign him free agency, keep him, build around him, I think he has a chance to be one of the best players anywhere. Anywhere from, I don't know if it's going to be all-time best player, current best player. And then I see his ability, and I think this could really help out to do the five-position things. That's another thing. It, do, it doesn't really matter that much, I know, at times. But for me, when he actually does try and actually put his effort towards him, I do see the effect that he has all over the floor. And, I mean, he's the only guy who I've ever gone to the NBA game, took one dribble after half court, took two – took about two steps, and then ended up dunking it from almost a free throw line in a game. I was there, and the entire crowd had no idea what to say. I mean, that's not much, I know, but still, that's amazing. That brings in ticket sales. There you go. Yeah, I, I, I do – I understand where, you, where you're coming from with that. You have a young guy, and you see his developmental potential, and he's really unique. But if if I'm looking at this, obviously, you know, I'm gonna, I got to go with Kawhi. I've been, been talking him up for, for weeks now um, on, the, on the pod here. But if we're being, if we're thinking about what does our hope for Giannis to become, isn't it to be just as good as Kawhi is? I mean, he's not there yet. He has all the potential in the world, but that potential realized, in my opinion, would be Kawhi. And if he, you know, obviously here's the one to five, you know, he can play all, all five positions, which Kawhi really, well, I guess hasn't done as of yet, but if you want uh, the best defender in the league, I know we've been having Draymond as the defensive player of the year, but if, as as a do-it-all defender, Kawhi is right there. And offensively, as he's been given more responsibility with this San Antonio Spurs team, he's really developed on that end as well, where he's a great shooter, he's a great scorer, and for me, I just think that he's everything that we would hope Giannis could become. And so for me, why not go and start out with that. I guess if we think our team is not going to be that great to begin with, then maybe, you know, after a few drafts, Giannis would grow with them perhaps. But for me, I have to go Kawhi. I think that he's going to be the best player in the, uh, in the league this year. Uh, and I think that he's everything that Giannis, we hope, we hope for him to be Ethan. Yeah. And I think the thing that Giannis has to add is shooting. And as a uh, person who's really ho- holding on hope for Justice Winslow to add a shot, I'm discovering that it's incredibly hard to teach someone to shoot, apparently. And if, if that's the one thing Giannis has to add, and Kawhi already has it, I got to go with the guy I know who can shoot. And, you know, that's when it, com- when it comes down to that. Kawhi can, Kawhi can make it from every, every angle, every, sp- every spot. Giannis, if he's not running full steam towards the basket, his, his, um, his scoring chances go down by a, a pretty big percentage. So – even with that in mind, as much as he's a freak, and that's his nickname, um, like I said, like I said earlier, I got to go with Kawhi because, I mean, the, the age gap isn't isn't significant to me in this scenario. All right, last rebuttal. Elkin, before we move on to our next trio. I mean, the only thing I'm going to say is if Giannis got that shot, I don't think he's going to be the next Kawhi. In my mind, I think it can be better. So I'm going to throw out there. Fair that's, enough. I, and I understand. And one thing, I will give you guys this. He did – Kawhi did come in the league. We call him a bad shooter, but he was shooting 37% from his first season. So I will give you guys that. He didn't have much to improve. All right. Well, let's go on to our next one. And this is a batch of younger guys. And maybe we've discussed this a little bit on the pod, but it's been a summer. We, we, we've had the summer. We've had an offseason. We had some summer league and, uh, and some preseason basketball. So throwing, throwing these names out here, they're all ranked 80 on 2K. Marco Fultz, Lonzo Ball, and D'Angelo Russell. Ethan, where are you, where are you going with this? 
Um, so even though I'm getting a little frustrated with this whole Marco Fultz and his uh, free throw shooting and this uh, hijacking of his form. Self hijacking, by the way. Self hijacking. Taking him away from the Sixers and making him where well, he's going to be my guy. We're like not competing with Ben Simmons for ball handling responsibilities. I still have the most faith in Marco Fultz to be the guy on the team. Lonzo Ball, I think, is going to make a lot of his teammates better. But when I'm looking at four years from now or whatever, I don't think Lonzo's ever going to be the guy who's going to be forcing the issue and getting getting the the game winning shot set up or make it himself. I think he's he lacks just a little bit in that department. Um, you could argue that Fultz will never be in the game-winning situation because of his horrible year at Washington. But I'm going to hold that on a lot of coaching and lack of players, which, of course, we don't have right now. But we're going to because we're going to be a good front office here. And so I'm going with Fultz. I don't know why D'Angelo Russell's on this list. Like, he literally got traded away because they were going to draft Lonzo. So I don't know. This is just being petty on Richard's part. But um, – <laughs> they all have the same 2K rating. They're still, they're, you know, they're young. They got anyway. I, I feel you there. You probably I mean, the better. D'Angelo Russell might be the best shooter of this group, so that's something for him. But um, yeah, I, I can't go with him at all. Um, even though he is a left-handed bone bonehead, and that's kind of my uh, my favorite type of player, I gotta go with uh, go with Fultz here. For me, as I look at this, Fultz's summer has given me some pause. How are you going to self hijack your own shot? Like, it's not even like some some assistant coaches come in trying to make you adjust something. You did this to yourself. And I, I just don't like the direction that he's going. I still think he's going to be good. I still think he's going to be great. But for me, if I want to have my team, if I'm starting a team, give me Lonzo. Give me that that unique type of player who makes all of his teammates better. Because if we got a bunch of bums, we want to make sure that they are, you know, they're bringing as much to the table as possible. And I think Alonzo would bring uh, as a lot of hype to our team. And don't forget the hidden factor. LeVar Ball is going to get a, our team a whole lot of press. And so I'm about that. I, I, I totally would love to have Lonzo Ball there. D'Angelo Russell, sorry for including you in this because you shouldn't have been here in the first place. Man, so rough on D'Angelo Russell. Things have not been going good for him. I mean, are you, are you going to pick him? Uh, no, I'll, I'll take a hard pass. Very hard pass, guys. I, mean, I thought about it, let it marinate in my mind, but I'm taking a hard pass. Um, I'm looking at um, – I was thinking about right now who has the tools to make a direct impact. I'm looking at Fultz. I'm looking at what he can do. I'm looking at what he brings. I'm, I looked at his stats at Washington last year in college, but – this pains me. If we're thinking culture change, I'm looking at, if we're talking about culture change, UCLA was 15 and 17 before they got ball. Mind you, when they got ball, they also got a few more All-American players, high school Americans. So it wasn't just ball. But they went from 15 and 17 to 31 and 5 in about a season. So I'm looking at it like, all right. And then I think about the culture. I know if you guys got a chance to watch a lot of those UCLA games, um, it was ugly basketball the previous few seasons. I remember watching highlights of those. And then when ball came, it was actually more entertaining basketball, moving the ball around. I do hate how he can't – his offensive game to me isn't that polished. I hate how he – besides passing, everything else feels like it needs a lot of work. 
that's one of the things I hate about Barnett. And I feel like he's going to get to be the defensive end. But what he can bring, and I know the comparison's always been Jason Kidd. That, for me, just puts him over the edge for Marco Fultz. And, and I've been watching videos of that free throw form from Fultz. It's been hard. But take that out. Take that out, though. I still wonder this. Why did the Celtics trade down and not get Marco Fultz? And why were they content with gaining Jason Tatum? Go ahead, Ethan. Um, they wanted to save uh, salary cap money. They were going to take, J- take Jason Tatum the whole time, but they wanted to save those like couple million bucks so they could give Gordon Hayward more money. Fair and enough. so they traded they traded down and got an extra pick for it. Yeah, and then you know, then you bring in Kyrie, who would play that position anyways. So I don't know if they had that that process. I don't think Danny Ainge had all of that in his mind. But you know, there there were options. Uh, I suppose. I think that. Um, I think that the Lonzo, you mentioned the Lonzo, Jason Kidd kind of thing. I think that's a little bit overblown, but I do think that you pick him. Fultz, I guess if we're the, if we're the owners, we can bring in our own coach and tell him, hey, switch that, get rid of that form or whatever. I guess, I guess we could do that. So maybe maybe I don't feel quite as bad about Fultz, but I still go Lonzo. I think that he brings a whole lot of extra marketing availabilities to us. Big baller brand out here. <laughs> the last thing I'll say about Folds is I actually look at him and I think he's got a lot of James Harden in him. He's just right-handed. And um the Which last, makes you upset. I know. Like, I'm telling you. Like, the fact that I'm passing on a left-handed bonehead is just incredible. Like, if Brandon Jennings was here, like, I'd probably have taken him. <laughs> Get but, out of here. You know, he, he's pro- he's not, I don't know if he's even on the game because he's in China now. But yeah, regardless, Folds is my guy. I'm going with a guy who can uh, – who can, I think play a lot like James Harden. I think his jump shot will improve. Like he, he has, he had, he, when you're already a good shooter and you go tinkering around, I'm not worried. When you're a bad shooter and you keep tinkering around, then I get worried because it's a confidence problem. There you go. All right, let's move on to our, our very last um, uh, pairing here. We're going to go with two rookies, Malik Monk and Donovan Mitchell. Whew, let's see. Elkin, where are you going with this one? I was thinking about this, you know, I'm like, man, I really do like, I like how explosive uh, Malik Monk is, but then I love Mitchell's defense. Right now, looking at it, and, and, I, and I, I am going to say this too, this is without really doing as much research on Donovan Mitchell. All I heard this entire last season in college basketball was Malik Monk this, Malik Monk that in the beginning, then it kind of faded away. <sighs> I really do like Donovan Mitchell. I like him a lot, but I'm going to – I'm leaning more towards Malik Monk right now, especially what I can see with athleticism, three-point shooting, and what can do a defensive end. I would – I would lean towards – I know what happened as the season progressed for Kentucky kind of saw a few things that, that may be a concern, but from what I saw, though, I, that's my pick right now. And I'm not going to keep rambling on because I don't have much, much to go on, but – I'm sticking with that. I'm really interested to hear what you guys are going to say about this one, though. All right. Well, I just want to quote a great Twitter follow here. It is at Huffman underscore the one. And um, that wise, wise scholar said, if Malik Monk doesn't ever improve, he'll have the same career as Jamal Crawford. And while we might not be looking as as at a, as a franchise for the next Jamal Crawford, I think Malik Monk will improve. And so, if you can get super Jamal Crawford, like I mean, I kind of look at Malik Monk as a guy like he d- probably doesn't have all the athleticism of a um, 
of a Vince Carter, but he has a lot of the same game. He likes to pull up, fading. He can make those shots. Like he just isn't the extra, extra elite jumper that Vince Carter was. But I think he's got a lot of the same tools in terms of getting to the basket and a lot of the same tools of off the dribble as Vince Carter. And if you're asking me if I want Vince Sandy over again, sign me up. Part of insanity, though, is his dunking. And I also, for the record, love your shameless promotion um, in, of, of, of your own Twitter handle. Oh, oh that's that. Oh, shoot, it was just in my feed. I didn't I didn't even realize. Oh, you didn't, didn't realize. It's OK. It's all right. We'll, we'll, we'll allow it here. Uh, for me, I've got to go Donovan Mitchell. And if anyone's been listening to the pod from the beginning, from when we did our draft, uh, um, our draft pod early on, you'll know that I love me some Donovan Mitchell. I wanted the Pistons to take him. I was uh, sorely disappointed when they didn't, when they passed on him. Uh, I've come around, and I'm, I'm on the Luke Kennard bandwagon now because I have to be. But Donovan Mitchell has, and to quote to quote that same Twitter guy, although you didn't say this on Twitter before the party, he's like, yeah, you know what? Maybe maybe Jamal, maybe it's Jamal Crawford 2.0 from Malik Monk. But he said, well, Donovan Mitchell might be Dwayne Wade. Sign me up for more Dwayne Wade. I love me some Donovan Mitchell. His defense is phenomenal. Oh, my God. Yeah, We're doing so much hot takes right now. Dwayne yeah, Wade. Well, listen, listen, listen. He, I think that if we're going to see this year, because obviously it's sad to see Dante Exum go down in Utah, but I think we're going to see Donovan Mitchell going to get more run in Utah this year, and I think we're going to see him thrive. He did do through all of Summer League. He looked phenomenal. He made people look silly. He had like five steals a game in Summer League. It was ridiculous. And offensively, he hasn't shown me that he's he's not shown me that he's not a shooter. He's been playing very well. And I think that if you if he continues to progress like he is, man, give sign me up for more of that, please. And, and he's gonna be living in Utah, so you know he's gonna be a pure of heart and mind. So he's just gonna be having a heck of a time out there. And like, <laughs> yes, I have I have said that Donovan Mitchell, if he reaches his potential, could be a, a, a similar player to Dwayne Wade. So that is fact. I have said that. But like when it came down to it for me, Malik Monk, uh, I don't know. I just when it comes down to it, sometimes I just get in love with an offensive player and it doesn't matter like because Donovan Mitchell's not that offensively yet. Like he's not gonna be Dwayne Wade's rookie year, um, unless it's just purely by just getting the ball so much. Uh, Malik Monk, I think, could do something like similar to what Jeremy Lin did with uh, Kimba Walker when those when that Charlotte team made the playoffs. And I think that could could show show up and I think that's what's going to get to Charlotte to the playoffs, even with this Batum injury. Well, I just I can't wait to see Donovan Mitchell and it's gonna be sad because I know he's gonna be good because the Pistons pass on him and it's only our luck that we would pass on Dwayne Wade twice. So with that <laughs> wow <laughs> with 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 that we're going to go ahead and finish up our podcast and the hits keep on coming for Detroit because this hero ball quote of the week is, is from a man that the Detroit Pistons are still paying. Keep getting them checks, Josh Smith, $5.3 million a year to be exact for at least another couple years. Josh Smith once said this, I like when people have opinions, especially about art. You can hate my art. I made my art to be hated. That's why I made the name paintings. <laughs>